0: The DBN Network, Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Hey,
1: welcome, welcome, welcome to Triple B. I am Scott273 along with RoboDoll. That's right. We are back, folks, after a long and glorious hiatus, vacation, whatever you want to call it. We, uh, I call
2: it a bout with depression.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've been uh, depressed, guys, tell you the truth. That, that's where we've been. We've been depressed.
2: We try to be the most optimistic radio hosts, podcast hosts on the DBN network. Yes. However, I don't think that we were able to, to sustain that and weather the storm of last season.
1: No, I mean it. It got so bad that, I mean, it broke Darth Batman. It, hell, it even broke Easy, and Easy's like the most optimistic person you'll ever meet. I thought that was Yuska. Well, I am kind of. I mean, well, yeah. I have to admit, I am. I mean, <laughs> I I was all in on Cody Kessler. I have to be some kind of optimist, right? Oh, boy, that was a mistake. I her. Oh God.
2: But. But I, I would have to say that last season got some of the best of us, brought some of the best of us into the doldrums, and yeah. we were sucked into the Factory of Sadness. Yes. And yes, we were. I'm just glad that the city of Cleveland was, el- was
1: able to celebrate the factory for what it truly is. Right. And, and you know, it, the the horrible part about it is that I really don't think that team was as bad as their record was. I really don't. No,
2: no, I, I really don't think so either. I think, I mean, I, for those of you, I, I haven't, I haven't been on on the forums as much recently as I have in the past. But when I have been on there, I think I made it fairly clear, along with pretty much the entire website, that I think that Hugh Jackson really showed us what he was made of this season, and. That our coaches lowered the level of our talent rather than raised our level of talent, and that's that's really the most depressing aspect of the season for me. Was it wasn't the players that we acquired? It wasn't people um, not performing to potential. It was it was watching the it was watching regression in our team in right. many cases.
1: Right. Yeah. And and th- there was some progress. There really was. There was you know Schobert was huge. That was great. Um, you know, Agba coming on like he did. Um but there was just I this, think there
2: was a lot of individual development.
1: Yeah, there was. But there was a lot of overall I just think there was a lot of uh misuse of players, of schemes. Um you know, we, we started out the year saying how awesome of a strategy it was for for the defense for greg williams to play the defense the way he did against the steelers and you know it wasn't going to be like that the whole year and then it was actually like that the whole year and yeah it it hurt our our you know our pass rush uh because we weren't playing bump um you know our our defensive backs were so far we off the line press coverage yeah, I mean the, the the defensive backs were so far off the line that literally the game plan was to just throw intermediate passes and you get your yardage and you're done. You know that and we, we forfeited the middle of the field. We did. We forfeited the yeah. middle of the field, and you saw that to great effect in the Green Bay game. You know where we had we had pressure on whatever his name is, the Green Bay, you know, substitute quarterback. Um, you know, we were getting pressure on him, and then he was able to quickly get the ball out because we gave up the middle of the field, and he was just hitting his checkdowns and, you know, was able to beat us that way. You know, there there was a lot of luck there. Um, you know, how I, I kind of compare it to how uh, at the beginning of the season – ESPN puts out this, yeah. You know, I don't know if you if you remember that they put out the the what the record's going to be and best case scenario, worst case scenario for all the teams, and we we basically hit every one of our worst case scenarios. Like like Kaiser, crapped the bed. Uh, you know we had injuries, um, bounces didn't go our way. You know we. We caused fumbles but didn't recover them. We fumbled the ball and didn't recover it and turned it over. You know, we had turnovers in the red zone. You know, it was just everything that could go wrong with this team went wrong. And I think that's what got me the most is that in turn, that caused most fans to blame the players and in turn blame Sashi, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, you know, he went the way of, you know, all the other great yeah, and GMs. <laughs> and he wasn't even a yeah, GM. I, mean, I, I,
2: mean, was, I, yeah. I think it's sad that, that Sashi Brown bit the dust as a result of, of this season. And right. I mean, I don't think, I mean, it, the, the record is, Reflects the performance of the front office. I think a lot of us, at least, appreciated his vision and appreciated yes. where he was taking the team. Well, um,
1: I, yeah, and I think I think all you need to do to see that is the fact that we were able to hire like all of the front office personnel from like everywhere else. Like I, I don't know if if people noticed that, but if there was a front office personnel guy available that everybody wanted, the Browns got him. You know, the, the, the front office people in the NFL know where, you know, the golden goose is right now where it comes to, when it comes to draft picks, you know, uh, cap space and all that. And it's the Browns and Sashi set that up. And unfortunately he didn't get to see it through, you know, which sucks. Yeah, I I I just think that they
2: prioritized the I mean they I I get the strategy. He prioritized the accumulation of assets over short-term success. And right. and I think that really if we would have just had a few wins this season, if we really just would have shown a little bit of promise, then Saji could have survived. But but I think, and I would I would place a large I mean, so some of this goes on to Sashi, the quarterback situation goes on right. on Sashi's shoulders for his strategic choice to address the quarterback position, the manner in which he addressed the quarterback position. Agreed. But I, I think I think in the same sentence you have to you have to acknowledge that that elsewhere on the football field, you really can't deny that that we really injected a lot of talent. I, I would also say in in addition to the quarterback failure, I think you have to look at Jabril Peppers as, you know, a, a serious question mark as to, you know, a, a failed I, I won't say that he's failed yet, but I definitely don't think that that Peppers is, is shaping up to be the, the sort of player that they hoped he would be. Now maybe maybe next year we'll see this completely differently, and I hope we see it completely differently next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. But,
2: but by and large, we've infused the team with some really young talent, and not only that, but we have an even greater opportunity to accumulate even more young talent over the next few years. And right. I think that when when there was an assessment two years ago, that that Ray Farmer basically set this team up as as a aging uh, talentless cesspool and for lack of better words i mean i mean we were we were old and we weren't very good uh and something had to be done and and so sashi took the route where where let's take let's pull the band-aid off quickly and and find the fastest way to high levels of sustained success rather than let's inch our way up into mediocrity quickly um, right and and I think that that the browns and and Sashi Brown in particular deserve credit for for taking the risky decision and and moving in that direction and I think that if he was paired with a different coaching team, then maybe we would see things differently this season now that that all being said, i mean hopefully Dorsey is everything that that people tell us he is hopefully right. Dorsey is. Is the premier front office person building the premier front office team with Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith, who who are all at least fairly highly regarded in in NFL circles and and again I I well yeah and quote unquote highly regarded with a grain of salt
1: well yeah but I mean the wolf the wolf tree I mean you look at his dad and he he had a lot to do with those teams as well, you know he helped a yes. lot on those Green Bay teams um, you know dorsey's done well wherever he's went um, Highsmith is has done well um, and I think it says a lot that they kept Barry too
2: yeah and and everybody and i again it's it's hard to tell um what influence Jimmy is having in this In this situation, like I I don't know, I don't know if Jimmy likes Barry, and therefore he said keep Barry. I don't know if if Barry's actually legitimately good, and therefore Dorsey kept him. I mean, there's there's
1: a lot of well, Barry's a football guy, is the thing.
2: Well, Barry's Barry's all sorts of. I mean, he has a football background, but he also has an Ivy League background, and I think he doesn't he have a quantitative background from Harvard. I'm not sure. Like his. Is undergraduate in economics slash computer science. That um, could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well but I mean, remember they, Barry's
1: a brilliant dude.
2: They kept D Podesta. They did. But D Podesta doesn't report to anybody but Hassel.
1: Right. And I think that's why I think this was more of a Hugh wanting a football guy to report to. I don't think Hugh liked Sashi. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I don't I, think Hugh, Hugh and Sashi were getting along at all. And I think this was purely a Hugh saying, you know what? We need somebody else to come in here and work with me because I can't work with this. And, and I think I probably... Mean, maybe, maybe
2: that's what was said.
1: Well, and I think it was. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back and allowed this all to happen was the the AJ McCarron deal. You know, it, no, no matter how you want to write... You know how that happened. Nobody even—I don't think anybody really knows the story there, right now. I mean, do we even know what happened still? I would love to have Sashi Brown on this
2: podcast. So that oh, you can so would it I, Sashi? If
1: you're out there listening, I know you are. Uh, we'd Sasha, love to have you Sashi, if you're a
2: here. fan of Triple B, right?
1: I know you are. Sasha. Bring, bring a,
2: bring a, a tumbler of your favorite liqueur. Right. Would be, we would love
1: to have you on the show. We would. We would. Because, you know, I'm sure that there was more to it than just the paperwork didn't get in on time. You know, because we're hearing that the Bengals really didn't want to do the deal, and then we're hearing that Sashi didn't want it. You know, we're hearing that the email was sent by an assistant to Sashi and not Sashi, and that the Bengals didn't recognize the name, so they didn't open it. We're hearing other NFL teams say... Well, both teams send in their paperwork, so that makes no sense. You know, there was just, there's so much going on there that I don't think we're ever going to know the truth. And I think it's somewhere in the middle. The bottom line is the deal didn't get done. And I think that was the last straw that allowed Hugh to step forward and say, see, look what's going on. You know, I told you to get this QB and I'd be able to get some wins, and they couldn't do it. And now the public is in an uproar because, you know, a few days ago they couldn't even get Garoppolo. And even yeah, though that I mean, wasn't their fault. I that mean, that's purely been, Bill Belichick right, being Bill Belichick. Right. And that was, that was what I said when it happened at the time when everybody was yelling and screaming and I was saying, calm down, there has to be something to this. There's no way that Belichick is going to call or is not going to call the Browns. If he he knew that they could get a better pick, he would most certainly call the Browns. And there's no way that the Browns were going to turn down the offer for Garoppolo.
0: They were hell bent on getting him.
1: You know? And they they had the ammunition. Hell, they could give up. They could have probably given up the Texans' first round pick. I don't think that that would have been out of the question at the time. And apparently I was right, because apparently the rumor is now, or rumor or whatever you want to say, uh, sources are saying, sauces, whatever, that it was in fact the Texan pick that they were willing to give up, and that they had just called the Patriots a week or two earlier to give them the deal. And the Patriots said no, and then all of a sudden, you know, Bill's trading him to the 49ers for a second round pick. He could have gotten way more than that from a bunch of teams, I would think. I think there were a few teams out there willing to deal for Garoppolo, other than the Browns, even. You know, I mean, I he, think, he could have gotten better clear. than a there's, second.
2: There's some internal dysfunction within New England, and
1: yeah, I think there is. It,
2: it'll be it'll be curious to see how that turns out because, again, Bill Belichick is still. Well, I, I, I think he's still the master of the football universe.
1: He is. Um, he is, and he's. I mean, you look at. Did, did you did you watch the game on Sunday? I did. Did you hear was, how many times they mentioned Batamasi?
0: <laughs>
1: the the guy yes. who was the special teamer that everybody wanted to get rid of, who's about to yep. get a ring. Sorry, honey. Yep. Eagles are not going to win. But <laughs> you know it. You know, it's just amazing. You
0: know,
2: and, you know, I watched Tom Brady, and and th- while while Tom Brady is a what I would call a savvy veteran at this point, in that right. he's he's good at looking away from receivers and throwing throwing not where his eyes are. Um, I would say that I didn't see anything special from Tom Brady in that victory. That's yesterday. hysterical.
1: That's hysterical because someone just brought that up on the forums today. Um, you know, they were really? like, Tom Brady's getting all this credit. And the drive right before halftime that pretty much turned the game around, right? Yeah. It, it went, it was nothing to do with Tom Brady. He hit one pass for like five yards. And then he had that big 40 yard pass interference call. And then they ran the ball the rest of the time to score. And and I, like, it, he I think, didn't I think do it. Tom anything. Brady
2: is. He he's over the hill yeah. and, and I, I'll be the first to say that Tom Brady three three to five years ago was you know a generational quarterback. Right, but right. we are seeing Tom Brady in his decline right now. Yeah, and, and you and can he's see he's still it's, it's good reflected in the strategy.
1: Oh right. yeah. He's I mean, still good, but Belichick is so good at covering it up. Like mm-hmm. you know, he can just he can just do that. So But all right. Yep. Well, and now he's games planning
2: around his quarterback yeah, instead right, of for his right, quarterback. Right, right,
1: and that's just that's classic Belichick. That's just how good he is. Which is why he wanted to keep Garoppolo. He, right. want, he
2: saw that Brady was was on the downward, on, on
1: the decline. Right, and he knew that eventually he needed to replace him, and it was going to be in a year or two. I'd be surprised yep. if Brady plays the whole season next year. Yep. I'll, I'll be surprised. I, I'll, I'll be. I'll be shocked. But so, all right. Well, I think we can um, take a break, and we will be back with our second segment, which is going to discuss our brand new offensive coordinator. Yay! <laughs> Yay! All right.
0: We will see you in two and two. See ya. Hey, have you ever been outside and your legs were cold or people were giving you weird looks? Hi, I'm Darth Batman from the DBN Network and I'm here to tell you about this new innovative product, Pants. Pants from the makers of Loincloth and Figleaf. What are pants, you ask? Pants are this new lower body clothing, much like the skirt, except for with our patent pant leg technology that wraps the clothing around each individual leg. How does it work, you ask? Pants are very simple to operate. Just stick each leg in the pants on opposite sides and pull up. Just that easy. You may be wondering how much a wonderful product such as this would cost. $100? $200? No. With this radio-only offer, you can purchase pants for a simple price of $19.99. Just call 1-800-I-NEED-PANTS. And if you call now... We will throw in a second pair of pants for free. Just pay extra shipping and handling. Again, that number is 1 800 I Need Pants. Operators are standing by.
1: Welcome back to Triple D. I am Scout T73 along with Robo Weagle. Uh, that's right. And this is the second segment, and everybody who knows this show knows that the second segment is time for What Are We Drinking? And I will let Robo tell everyone what he's drinking. What are you drinking, Robo? Tonight I
2: am drinking North Coast uh, Old Rasputin oh, Stout.
1: That's very good.
2: It and is, I, all I can say is that it is delicious if
1: you like stouts. I love stouts. You know me; I'm a stout guy. Uh, this was supposed to be a theme. We're we're gonna do. We're gonna start doing a weekly theme now on Triple B, where we're gonna pick a a theme and go with it for the week. Uh, and uh, I messed up, and I didn't go out and get anything. So I'm drinking PBR, which you could, I guess, consider a stout if you're blind and have no taste buds.
0: <laughs>
1: but I
2: I so guess PBR. that's the the right requirements yeah. in order to make PBR stout.
1: But earlier I was drinking a gin and tonic. I was drinking a, it was a gin that we got at a, uh, distillery tour. We just went on. Oh, cool. Uh, actually on last Thursday, Thursday night. We went, Do and you like gin. I do. I love gin. Um, and this is I'm not a, a gin person. This is a small distillery in Scottsdale. Um, and they make everything on site except for the alcohol they import. Uh, and the the distiller explained that if they chose to make so the they alcohol the
2: gin to make gin
1: well they get uh the it's it's basically uh sugarcane alcohol that they get how from, do you
2: distill something with when you don't create alcohol?
1: Well, they add the alcohol because the way he he was talking about it it just wasn't it wasn't feasible for them to actually. Make the alcohol to make the vodka and gin because it's uh, it would take them too long and it would make it be wasteful, so they they buy it and then put that into there. It's it's complicated, but it was really cool. This confuses me. Well, it was really cool to watch because, first of all, the guy's uh, he, he's a chemical engineer. He actually graduated from ASU with a s u with the chemical engineering degree and uh became a distiller that's cool and so he was able to explain you know all the the chemical stuff that happens but they they make uh, they make their own flavored vodkas um and the the flavored vodka we got was actually a coffee oh cool that's... uh he takes cold brew <clears throat> takes cold brew coffee and and mixes it in with the stuff but he uh they, they 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 distill the um, the orange peels and all that, and put it through the still, and that's that's how they they make the vodka and all that. So it was really interesting. And then they make gin, um, and they're barrel aging um, some whiskey right now that's set to be open on March ninth. So we're gonna go mm. down there for that. Uh, it's gonna be a small batch. I think they have like four barrels right now uh so uh, these are it's once used, and then they have a twice used four times used barrel that had a lager in it, and the, or no a stout in it, so they have two barrels of that of the four time used stout barrel that they're making whiskey in, and then four of the one time first time use barrels for the other whiskey. So they're making that, but anyway, their gin's phenomenal. Uh, it's really good. So anyway, I had that earlier. So on to our new toy. We now have an offensive coordinator.
2: Yay. Yeah. I'm actually really happy about this hire. So am I. Um,
1: I think it's phenomenal.
2: I, I, I think that of, of the, the folks who became available, we definitely picked the guy with the best track record. Yes.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
2: And I, I don't understand why Pittsburgh fired him, to be honest. Because uh, Pittsburgh's be- offense in the last three years has been better than it ever has been.
1: Well, he, he, he's kind of like uh, Greg Williams. Um, he rubs people the wrong way, from what I understand. And <laughs> from what I understand, the the relationship between him and... Roethlisberger was getting out of control and untenable. Um, they were basically but not Greg, even talking.
2: Greg Williams, Greg Williams doesn't have the track rec- record to back up his abrasiveness. I mean, maybe True. Greg is abrasive, but he also hasn't produced a defense that has been above average in a points allowed. I think right. in the past decade.
1: Right, but you know, it that I think that Pittsburgh is. Uh, getting a little full of themselves right now. Um, I think they they're they're not. I think they're getting uh, not full of themselves, but I, I think they're getting scared. I think they see that their windows closing, and they know that they only have probably a season or two left to compete before they have to start thinking about finding, you know, that replacement for Roethlisberger. You know, stuff like that. So, I think they, I, I think they panicked. <clears throat> they knew Roethlisberger wasn't happy with Haley. So, I think you know, hey, their loss is our gain. Uh, as long as he's not calling plays, I'm happy. So, you know,
2: but... I I do have to I have to correct myself that one year. Greg Williams had the 12th ranked defense and points allowed in 2015.
1: Well, that's kind of top 10.
2: It's kind of top half, <laughs> I think is what I what I said. I thought you
1: said top 10, but
2: we'll go with <laughs> top half. That's good. In in any case that one one item in the past 5 years is not a uh right. trend in, in in my opinion, No. but in, in any case though, like I I think you're right. I think I think Pittsburgh is is understanding that they're in a, a win-now sort of situation as, as right. Roethlisberger is starting his decline. And, um, I mean, I think they know, at least I don't think they believe that Landry Jones is their, their quarterback of the future. Maybe, maybe they think he is, but um, I think that that clearly this year didn't quite turn out the way they wanted it to. And maybe they think that shifting offensive coordinators is, is the right way to go. But I mean, I, honestly, I think, I think Mike Tomlin is overrated. Um, oh, in definitely. He, in, he inherited a team that was completely put together and, and he's, he's nurtured that in a sense, but hasn't done anything extra or exceptional. Right. Um, and I think that their aging core, I would say on well, I mean, on on offense, obviously, Roethlisberger is aging. They have
1: some aging
2: issues on defense as well.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Their their defense is not what it used to be at all. Um, it is nothing. No, and really, that used to be. that offense is holding that team <laughs> up right now. Yeah. Um so I'm glad
2: that Pittsburgh I mean regardless of of the Browns taking advantage of the 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 hire I'm glad that Pittsburgh just fired their offensive coordinator which created the offense that was driving Pittsburgh to success. Right. Agreed. I mean I I think the offense was the key to Pittsburgh's success and they just fired the guy that was the key to the offense being their key to success. Right.
1: Yeah, and you know, so hey, I like it. I as much as I hated Sashi Brown getting let go. So far, I've liked the moves that we've made.
2: And I think that there's a lot of speculation as to how what what the driving force is behind these moves. So is was was Hugh told? If you want to stay with the Browns, you will do this? Or uh, yes. is or is or is he doing this voluntarily? Is Hugh the one who picked Haley over Zampezi for for uh, see, Coordinator I, or any of these other folks? Like like how how did the Browns come to the decision to hire Haley and
1: how important was Hugh Jackson's role in that? I I would have to think that Hugh probably had some say in it. Uh, but I think Hugh was told in no uncertain terms that you're hiring a offensive coordinator and he will be calling plays. Um, because I, I, I don't see Hugh doing that by himself.
0: Like I, mean, I think that se-
1: was, you know, I think that was set down, you know, cause cause right now, if you look at the, if you take a step back and you look at the the big picture right now, right? Hugh Jackson is outnumbered in in by this who? structure by the front office. Dorsey I mean, I came I in. I don't know
2: if there's an outnumbering though, because well, he
1: reports directly to Hassel, right? Well, right. But but Dorsey came in and hired the people he wanted to hire. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at who's been hired so far after Dorsey, all of those people in the front office were Dorsey's guys. They were people that, that
0: had connections to to Dorsey, Dorsey.
1: right? They all report to Dorsey, but that, that front office is very powerful right now because they're all connected. They all, they all have known each other for years and years. They've worked with each other. They've been in the same places, you know, their, their friends, their, you know, colleagues, all of them kind of know each other and Hugh doesn't have anybody like that anymore like Sashi didn't have that Sashi had Dee Podesta and maybe Barry yeah and that was it Hugh you know Hugh doesn't have that and Hugh doesn't have the they're not football guys anymore card you know Hugh can't play that anymore Hugh can't play that well you know, the front office doesn't know what they're doing because they're not football guys, they're analytics, they're numbers guys. You know, they they don't know what they're doing. You know, he doesn't have that to fall back on anymore. So I, I think there was a huge power shift. Um so I'm not I'm starting to doubt the whole Hugh Jackson power grab story, even though it fits what happened. I'm starting to doubt that Hugh actually wanted this.
2: So literally right before we started recording, when, when your technical issues were being resolved, right, I posted on the, the article about Todd Haley being hired in response to easy, um, you know, talking about, you know, whatever, whatever rationale might be, um, Behind all of this, um, and and I believe um, I I promise to make a a comment that if Scott can get his tr- computer turned on, um, and we can start our epic comeback show, I'll talk about how I think Hugh may have been kept literally just for being saying for being able to say the word consistency with a straight face to the next coach.
1: <laughs> And, uh, that makes sense.
2: And and while rereading my sentence, I re- realized I used Darth Batman level English. Uh oh. Um, and that I didn't mean that. And in that I I think I I implied but didn't state explicitly that um that it could be that Hugh Jackson was kept as a lame duck coach in favor of the idea that that Jimmy Haslam the next time he needs to hire a coach needs to hire a he needs to hire somebody that will believe the promise that they will be kept for you know the 3 year minimum right and if if Jimmy Haslam is willing to keep a coach after 2 years of going 1 and 31 then, whichever coach that comes in next is going to have to believe that they can do better than one and thirty one in their two years right yeah,
1: yeah that, and and that makes sense,
2: and I think that that all of these things that we're seeing, so one we're we're not letting Hugh out of his contract, and you know maybe his contract says that you're going to report to Jimmy Haslam because they put that in the contract, right. And maybe Jimmy said, "Cool, you're going to report to me, and 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 I'm going to tell you to do whatever Dorsey says. So anything that Dorsey says, consider it from me." Right. Maybe he said that. Um, Could be. And 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 two, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if all of the chaff out there about Hugh Jackson becoming Cincinnati's head coach was was a PR effort for hugh to to be allowed to escape from the browns yeah and as as long as the browns hold his contract and don't fire him Hugh can't go to cincinnati right and and cincinnati i think was banking on that with when marvin lewis was like i'm getting out of football and then he was like jk i'm not getting out of football now that hugh jackson isn't fired um yeah
1: i i I agree with that totally. I I think that was Hugh's plan was that he was going to, he was going to leave and, you know, coach Cincinnati and all that. And, you know, of course, if that would have happened, he would have went to Cincinnati and promptly beat us and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And
2: then the (laughs) Lowell Brown's narrative would have been perpetuated. Right. Um, and, And so this is, this is, this could be, like, I don't. I don't know what's going on in the Browns office, but let's let's tug on the string. Let's assume that that Hugh Jackson is is literally only being kept so that Jimmy Haslam can say the word consistency to to whichever coach <laughs> that he wants next year, and right. and that he is completely neutered in terms of personnel decisions and, and all the other things that that go on in in his inner circle that that he doesn't have control over his coordinators, that he doesn't have control over things that he might've had control of before. Um, Like this is, this is just such a, I mean, then do we interpret the last year in terms of, of self-sabotage and, and how does Hugh Jackson make it out of this next year with credibility? Like, does he, does he try to, to start to win games So, so that he looks good to the rest of the world or does he, does he sabotage the people around him because he's bitter narcissistic?
1: Because I think he is bitter narcissistic. I think he is too. And I'm of the, I'm of the belief and this isn't just, at least I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's rose colored glasses or wish casting. Um, I really do think that the Browns are going to be a lot better next year. Um and I'm talking like 8 and 8. Um I think there's going to be a those, huge the, turnaround. Those are
2: some rose colored glasses.
1: No, I I hear me out though. I think there's going to be a huge turnaround. Um I think that Dorsey's going to draft well. Um I think he has plenty of ammunition to really really draft well. Um, I think he's going to draft well. I think he's going to bring in some free agents. Um, I think Hugh is going to actually coach better because I think some of it at the end was, as people have come to call it, hubris. Um, I think he started coaching just not caring and, you know, not even, you know, I, I think once he saw that he was able to to get Haslam to listen to him about Sashi, I think he started to not coach to win. And I think next year is, he knows that he has to prove it. He knows he's out of, you know, he has no more moves. And he he's going to have to coach. And I think that he can coach. I think that he hasn't coached yet. I don't think he's tried. I think he's been coasting. I really do. And Man, I think I, this—I have
2: nothing positive. I—I I am done giving Hugh Jackson the benefit of the doubt. Like when I when you watch the Green Bay game and you see that weren't they up? I—I I, I think it was they were up by fourteen points in the second half, yeah. and they had they had under—I want to say under five, but I think it was under ten rushing attempts for the half. Right. But like, again, I, how, how can you, how can you have the lead in the second half rush for over five yards per carry and then have less than 10 attempts in the second half? Like, but it, again, it is it's mind boggling the incompetence. Right.
1: But so, so, so Occam razor here, right? Yeah. Is, is it easier to suggest that Hugh Jackson is the worst head coach ever in the history of football or mm-hmm. that he was purposely just not carrying?
2: I mean, I don't think, it, I don't even know if not caring is the right word. I mean, Just not if I were it. to use the word, he's throwing the game. Right, right. I mean, it, it, this isn't high-level logic. Right. I mean, I, either he was overthinking it and being terrible, or, or he was literally doing the thing that makes less
1: sense on purpose. Yes. And th- that's what I'm saying he was doing, is he was doing the thing that makes less sense on purpose because he got to the point where he didn't, he wasn't even going to try anymore. He was going to throw his hands up, didn't care if they got a win or not. You know, let's do Owen. You know, I'll show them. You know, we don't have the talent, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll just blame it on Sashi and I'll come out smelling like a rose. And maybe this all was a part of his plan to get to Cincinnati. Who knows? You know, it, it would make sense. But. You know, I think I think he saw that there's no going to Cincinnati now. He's not going to do that, so he might as well start coaching. I just I, I can't see him destroying his legacy like he did if there wasn't an end game. Well, well, well,
2: you know. Perhaps with his hubris, that end game was a little bit different than than what he might have
1: expected. Well, and I think it was, and that's why I think right now he's seeing that and going, well, you know what, this is my chance, so I better turn it on and show that I can do it because, you know, Cincinnati jobs closed, and you know if I get fired, that it, it's on me now. Yeah, now it's like FML. Right. Now I can't, I can't blame, you know, the Harvard guys. I can't blame the numbers. You know, this is, you know, there's football guys in here now. You know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna let my mouthpiece, Mike Silver, you know, spread all these rumors and talk bad about them like he did with, with Sashi, you know, because if Silver tries to do that, people are going to laugh in his face. You know because you have you have respected front office personnel with the browns now, so you know you're not gonna have you know because let's be honest, the media wanted sashi to fail the the n f l media wanted sashi to fail from day absolutely one
2: absolutely they did because because he was a quote unquote analytics guy, right. whatever right. that means
1: so it was easy for you to paint him as the bad guy because the, the NFL media was going to lap that up and eat it up. They're not going to do that with Dorsey. Dorsey's part of that fraternity. He's, he's in, you know, he's, uh, he's one of the good old boys, you know, he, 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 he not going to be able to do that with him. So. All right. Well, I think it's time we wrap it up. I think this right. was a, a worthy comeback. It was. Um, I Think so. Ho- hopefully,
2: that Let statement us... isn't full of hubris. Right, and uh, with humility, <laughs> we will be uh, ready to to continue these podcasts yes. at some sort of regular interval. At yes, hopefully, um, a
1: regular <laughs> interval less than three months a pop. Right. Exactly. And yet, yeah, so and remember, tell us what you guys think. Uh, leave comments. Do whatever. Uh, you know, call me personally and yell at me because I'm an idiot. You know, whatever. Just, you know. You can do, call me, me an ever.
2: idiot too, but be sure to tag Sky in the comments so that he can relay it to me. Yes. Because I don't yeah. read it read the comments He's, as much as I used to.
1: Yeah. Well, you know. Fake fan and all that.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> that's me. I'm a fake fan.
1: <laughs> all right, guys. Uh it's been great so uh we will definitely uh, talk to you guys again soon um hopefully next week but if not then definitely uh uh less than three months from now we will definitely have another show so
2: and and hopefully we've kept all three of our listeners yes uh and and for those three listeners we apologize for the drought yes um, we, we we are sorry
1: better did you hear us joe thomas we're sorry we'll be better come on our show now that you have a podcast
2: come on our show
1: joe you you love us all right so (laughs) we will we will talk to you guys later and uh goodbye good night and good luck see ya see ya you listen to podcast check it out